Welcome to the Get Your Donut Podcast. We're here to exchange our consumeristic Christianity for a life fully surrendered to Christ, and to never let our faith be as simple as grabbing coffee and a donut in the lobby. Let's do this. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Get Your Donut Podcast. I'm Noah Reed, uh, your host, and I'm excited to jump into our episode today. Is going to be on the book of Psalms uh, in Scripture. But before we do that, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to my friend Marcus Reed, who's been on the show with us before. Uh, again, not for his donut choice, because I'm still in disagreement with him on that. But uh, he did recommend the book, The Insanity of God, uh, to me and to uh, you listeners on the show. And I just read it this week. And I've got to say, it's really good. It's really, it's really solid. Uh, Marcus, if you're listening, you're you're probably kicking yourself because it took you years to get me to read this book. But it's it's really good, uh, really powerful. Uh, I'll explain, I guess, a little without without giving away the storyline. But essentially. Uh, you have a couple who, who kind of become missionaries, and then they end up spending a lot of their life traveling around to various countries where Christians are persecuted for their faith, uh, and kind of interviewing Christians who follow Jesus under persecution and trying to figure out, can we what can we learn from that situation, and how can we uh, use what we learn to then uh, reach uh, persecuted uh countries or persecuted people groups, I guess, around the world. So how can we take what we learn from believers in China and apply that to reaching believers uh, in parts of Africa where they would be uh, persecuted for following Jesus and whatnot? Uh, The whole way through, really powerful, really good, really strong story. Multiple times uh, I would just be reading and only from reading my entire body would be like covered in goosebumps or I'd need to take a break to, to try not to cry. Uh, really strong and powerful book. So again, that's Insanity of God by Nick Ripkin, recommended to us uh, by Marcus Reed. So Marcus, thanks for that, man. Appreciate it. I know you're like, dude, I've been trying to get you to read this for forever. I finally did it um, and, I'm, and I'm glad I did. I hope you guys will check it out too. Uh, but for today, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the book of Psalms uh, in the Bible, Old Testament, uh, kind of part of the the wisdom literature, the poetry uh, genre, if you will. But more than talking about uh, the theology or the context or getting getting kind of like heady, if you will, on the book of Psalms, I really, I just want to share a little bit of how I came to love the book of Psalms uh, and what that's done for my walk with Jesus. So I hope that's okay. Um, less less theology and and teaching, and I really just want to explain uh, why I love the book of Psalms, how that's impacted my walk, um, and, and kind of how I got there. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I began looking, I, I think actually I was preaching to students on on prayer. We were talking a lot about prayer in our youth group. And so I began looking into prayer resources to improve uh, prayer life for, for myself, for the students, uh, for our leaders. Like I just wanted to have some resources ready as we talked about prayer to like point people in the right direction. And one of the things uh, that I found <clears throat> uh, was uh, an episode of the Think Biblically podcast that talked about praying. Um, and in particular, it talked a lot about praying the Psalms as a way to help increase your vulnerability and your honesty in your prayers, um, maybe even as a way to like make you uncomfortable and cause you to grow in your prayer life. And and there were so many things that this episode said that stuck out to me, but I think I just was really intrigued by the fact that you could go through a book of the Bible and pray somebody else's prayers or pray somebody else's songs that they'd written. I, I hadn't really done that before. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, 
some of the other things they pointed out about prayer, right, was like it's it's important to be consistent. It's uh, important to to be honest and and talk to God like you're in a relationship with Him and and build a relationship instead of just coming to Him asking for things all the time. Um, and then yeah, again they hit on they hit on the Psalms and and how important it can be to pray through the Psalms and how we can be instructed and guided by doing that. Um, and so, anyways, after kind of preaching and teaching through that with with students, I thought like, well, maybe I should give this a try. Like uh, prayer has always been a very difficult, uh, spiritual discipline for me as I think it is for, for a lot of people. And so I thought I'll, I'll give this a try. I'll find a Psalms, uh, reading plan somewhere and, and I'll start doing, reading the Psalms. I'll try to pray them. Maybe I'll try to memorize them, um, or, or parts of them. Uh, and so I, I started doing this. I think I found like a read the whole, all the Psalms in 60 days, uh, sort of a deal. And I just kind of started working through it. Um, and I started reading, trying trying to start uh, praying the Psalms and 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 finding ones that I related with along the way and thinking like, oh, that I think that's good. Uh, maybe I'll try to memorize that and whatnot. Uh, and and this eventually led to to Psalms being probably right now my favorite book in Scripture, the one that uh, just seems to speak to my life over and over and over again. But uh, this it it. It wasn't overnight. It, it was a, it was a journey to get there. And uh, so what I want to talk about first is like what it looked like starting to do that, like just starting to dip my toe into the Psalms. Again, my goal wasn't to, you know, memorize the most amount of Psalms or make Psalms my favorite book of the Bible. My, my goal was simply to to maybe enrich my prayer life or to learn something from people who had come before about prayer. Um and, and at first, honestly, I, I really didn't know what to do with them. Like, I, th- I actually hear this often sometimes with Psalms and people are uncomfortable with the book of Psalms or, or we kind of read it and we're like, I'm not sure what to do with that. Like, and, and granted, like Psalms is one of those books in scripture where every once in a while there's some stuff where you're like, I literally have no idea what that means you know, and, and that's okay. I think, I mean, we can, we could talk on another episode about why we should try to understand those things, but that's not what this is for. But, but I think, I think a lot of us feel that way about the Psalms sometimes as we open it up, we get into it and there's some that, you know, like we, we know, and we've heard that we're like, oh, that's so good. You know, like Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And a lot of us can recite that by heart and it's beautiful. Or maybe even Psalm one, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the way of sinners. And there's some of these things that, that make so much sense to us and they comfort us and, and we relate to them so much. And then there's others, uh, that were like, man, I don't know what to do with that. That's how I felt with a lot of the Psalms. Um, I just wasn't sure what to do with them. I wasn't sure how to pray them. I wasn't sure really how to read them. Um, I, I think a lot of that comes comes probably uh, from the fact that I'm a lot more used to the New Testament than I am to the Old Testament. I think we, we typically, uh, man, this might be, this could be kind of an audacious claim, but I, I think that typically in the West, uh, we, we tend to focus on the New Testament a lot more. Uh, because we really appreciate like, here's three points and your application. And it's a lot easier to find that in an epistle than it is uh, maybe in a Psalm or than it is uh, in, you know, the book of numbers or something like that. Uh, And so I I think that's part of why I wrestled with it. I'm I'm so much more used to the New Testament for me when I, when I read like, you know, the book of Ephesians or Galatians or, or Philippians, when I read a letter, it's easy for me when when Paul is basically saying, "Hey, uh, you know, you're in Christ, 
don't do this anymore, live this way, and, uh, you know, that's it. And it's easy to take that and, and then apply that to my life. And I think uh, that's that's what I'm used to. That was comfortable. Uh, and the Psalms don't do that as often. Uh, they're, they're kind of focused on a different on a different thing, right? I'm a lot more used to, I guess another way to put it, I'm a lot more used to receiving instruction than I am to just being comfortable deciphering stories and trying to figure out what does it look like uh, to, to, to learn from this story. Um, yeah, I think again, reading to get a to-do list was really uh, a lot of where I'm coming from. I think I would even say some of my, some of my background or even just, uh, you know, reading even in college, like a lot of our assignments were based on interpreting, uh, Bible passages or, Hey, what, you know, what's the application here? Those sorts of things. And so I think for a long time, my brain has been used to, you read scripture to understand what the main points are and then to apply it to your life. And I don't even think that that's necessarily wrong uh, or bad. I just think that that's in some way inhibited my ability to appreciate the Psalms at first. So at first I just, I really didn't know what to do with it. I was looking for three points in an application and I was finding, you know, emotion and stories and poetry. Uh, and it felt awkward and clunky. Honestly, if, I, if I'm being really honest at first, praying someone else's prayers or praying somebody else's song that they wrote, that was awkward at first. I don't know, like I, I'm looking at, you know, David's life and, and uh, you know, David obviously had some big mistakes, but obviously was also a very righteous uh, man in a lot of ways, did some pretty incredible things. And to read like some of the Psalms that he's written and know like this was what David was praying, you know, as he's fleeing from Absalom or as he's, as Saul is chasing him, like, and he's praying this and then to be like, can I even pray that? Like the context gap is so wide between where David was and between where I was. And again, my like wanting to be correctness of theology and uh, looking for those three points was like getting in the way of me just emotionally relating to what was on the paper, what was in my in my Bible. And, and anyways, it just felt awkward to pray somebody else's prayers. It felt almost inauthentic. Um, it felt like there was some stuff too that I shouldn't say to God that was in there, even if I felt it. So there's a lot of like, I feel like there's a lot in the Psalms where David or whoever the psalmist is, is writing like, Lord, please destroy my enemies. And I'm sitting here like, that's a little strong, you know, like, God, please, you know, help me succeed, but you don't have to completely wipe out my foes. Uh, or, uh, you know, there's, there's Psalms that question like, God, what are you doing? You know, there's, there's one Psalm that's like, Oh Lord, rouse yourself from your slumber. Like, did you fall asleep up there? Have you seen your world? You know, it's like, it's falling apart. And these are things that probably if I'm, if I'm really honest with myself, I've, I feel, I, I do feel that way, like throughout the week, uh, you know, or throughout the day, even where I feel like, does God even see this right now? Does God even know what's happening? Is is He watching? Is He asleep? Has He has He gone missing? Right? Uh, those are things that I felt, but I just felt really uncomfortable praying them, especially when they'd been written by somebody else bailing on it. But I, I'm really glad I, I ended up sticking with it. And this is kind of what I want to say: is like sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get used to a new, whether it's a new spiritual discipline or uh, a new practice that you're involving, a new rhythm or something like that. Like 
I didn't see instant results with praying the Psalms, <laughs> and I was so tempted to just bail on it. Like, it felt awkward. It was kind of clunky. Again, to use that word, like, it just felt like it wasn't fitting right with me. Uh, but I thought, I've heard many people now at this point talk about, hey, pray the Psalms, pray the Psalms, pray the Psalms. And so I decided to stick with it a little bit. And here's what I found over time. Over time, I found slowly. I found that the Psalms were really teaching me a lot about being rather than doing. And what I mean is to come back to that idea of of looking for three points in application, the Psalms weren't pushing me that direction as much. Now, there's a lot I've gotten from the Psalms as far as how I should live my life and what their main purposes are and those sorts of things. But that's not where they pushed me at first. Really, in praying someone else's prayers that have been recognized as uh, you know, inerrant uh, scripture. <laughs> in praying that, I'm learning from people who came before what it's like to be with God, what it's like to talk with God, what it's like to be in relationship with God. And and you do that slowly over time, right? By by looking at someone who came before like David, who had some of this stuff figured out, who had a heart, or, or he was a man after God's own heart, right? Uh, his heart was right before the Lord. He longed to do the righteous thing. Hey, he messed up, but you, you pray along with his prayers and his psalms, and you slowly over time begin to realize, I guess this is what it looks like to talk to God. You know, it's and it's not that I had been talking to him wrong all my life, but it's that I maybe hadn't like uh, unwrapped the fullness of what it looks like. And, and again, not that I have that completely unwrapped now, but there was so much that I was missing. Right? Like in the Psalms, you find everything, right? From praise to lament to anger to frustration to, to discouragement uh, to just pure joy. It's all in there, all the emotions. And, and I think what I, what I realized that I was missing, and I wonder if anybody else can relate to this too, is that I was missing how to just be with those emotions and those feelings in God's presence and let him like experience that with me right? To, to come to the Lord in my anguish or in my uh, frustration or in my anger and to say, to just be able to unleash that or unload that on God and say, this is how I'm feeling. Where are you? And then to, to realize like he is so capable and so like big enough to handle these things, to handle the way I come to him, to 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 be there for me when I feel like he's not there. Uh, but it took me a long time to realize that, again, I was really being taught what it looks like to be with and talk with God by following the footsteps of somebody else who had done that. So I wasn't learning as much like these are the things I need to do in order to please God, uh, although being with God certainly pleases God. I was just learning this is what it looks like to have like an emotionally healthy relationship with the Lord, right? He, he created us with emotions and with feelings and not that we are dictated by those things at all. But I also don't think that God would say that they're a bad thing. I think he made them with us or he made us with feelings on purpose and he wants us to experience those things. And because he wants a relationship with us and desires to know us, uh, he, he wants us to bring those things to him and trust that, hey, you, God, you are the maker of, of, of uh, joy. Here's, here's all of my joy. Like I'm going to give it to you. you. You created this emotion. You created the very reason I have joy. And so here it is. 
right? And so I really learned uh, a lot about how to be with God and talk with God. It's something that I've really appreciated uh, over the last couple years. I've been walking through kind of some more deeper, I guess, uh, soul work, if you will, and realized that for so much of my life, I, I kind of knew this, but I, I didn't realize the level to which uh, that for so much of my life, I, I've just tried to please God or do the right thing or say the right thing, as opposed to just being uh, like full of integrity with God. And so rather than than uh, tell God what I think he wants to hear, the Psalms challenge me to tell God exactly uh, how I feel or exactly what I'm thinking, knowing he already knows anyways, but this is going to benefit our relationship. This is going to allow me to be honest in the presence of my Savior, to be, um, to to be vulnerable with the Lord, to kind of like be laid bare uh, in front of the Lord, and and to let Him do with that as He will. So again, the first thing that that happened for me over time was learning how to be with, how to talk with God. The second thing was that I think I actually learned a lot about, excuse me, a lot about uh, God's nature by praying the Psalms. So. While I, I wasn't necessarily opening the Psalms expecting to find a theology textbook, uh, what I did is I, I did, I learned a lot more about God's, uh, some of his attributes like his justice and his mercy, his love, his grace, his wrath, all of those things you see throughout the Psalms. And some of the most interesting ways you see that is the ways in which the psalmist appeals to those attributes of God. Right, so you might have the psalmist who who makes a mistake. Uh, I'm I'm not going word for word here, but maybe in Psalm 50, right? David writing uh, this psalm after uh, his incident with Bathsheba, just begging the Lord to forgive him and give him a clean heart and a pure heart, and and you see him appealing to God's mercy, right? And just saying, Lord, have mercy on me, forgive me, restore me, do a work in me, and and so not only do you get right? Not only do we learn how to be with God in that moment of regret and remorse and and brokenness over our sin, the second thing is that we learn that God's always been merciful. That, That before Jesus came, God was still merciful. That David knew the Lord well enough to ask the Lord, God, have mercy on me. Change me, restore me, fix me. Because that's what God was doing all along. Right is restoring people, fixing people, helping them uh, become more like him, be more sanctified. But then you have other psalms where uh, David's literally, or whoever else the psalmist is, is, is asking God, like, pour out your wrath on the world around me. Right? Like, God, destroy my enemies. Wipe them from the face of the earth. And you're sitting here like, whoa! I, me, I'm a lot more comfortable with the God have mercy on me than I am with God wipe out these wicked people. But you, you learn that, that while uh, you know, it might not be uh, correct, technically, to desire that the wicked people around you are killed, um, you learn that God has an anger against sin, that God hates sin, right? That, that God uh, loves righteousness and longs to bless the blessed or the righteous man and longs to punish and rebuke sin. And you learn that about God through the Psalms, not because somebody just said, hey, God hates sin, so therefore do this. But you learn it because the people who are writing to God, who are pouring out their hearts to God are saying, Lord, please pour out your anger on sin. God, punish the wrong, right? Lord, these people do evil deeds. Would you wipe them out? 
right? God, make us more holy. So so that's the second thing, right? First thing, how to be with and talk with God. Second thing, learning a lot more about God's nature by just slowly praying through the Psalms. And, and honestly, guys, some of these things I didn't even realize that I learned until I kind of sat down to start preparing for this episode because it's been just, it's been like a year and a half now, maybe two years-ish of walking through the Psalms more consistently. And so as I sat down to kind of reflect on what that's looked like, is when I realized like, these are some of the things I've learned from the Psalms. The third one, uh, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I learned again in a deeper way that my walk is about being and not doing. This is what I mean, that my relationship with Jesus is not about how much I do. It's not about uh, the specific actions I take, but rather it's about uh, trusting and resting uh, in Jesus and being in his presence. Now, uh, I caveat, because we know that our faith... Uh, requires action of us and and we know in the book of James and elsewhere in scripture uh where but mainly in James where it says our faith without works is dead right that that if we have faith and it doesn't change the way that we live at all that faith is is dead it's not we haven't been impacted by the gospel we haven't in, we're living in maybe a cheap grace right we're not actually uh motivated uh to to live differently uh again not that our works are a requirement for salvation but we would say they're a result of our salvation that when you accept the gospel of Jesus Christ it changes you so obviously being a christian requires life change there's actions that we ought to be taking as christians but, but what I learned in the Psalms and what I've been learning recently is, is that we don't do those things because we think God's going to love us more or because we think we're going to be more saved or because we think we're holier than the people around us or because we think we're better than anybody. Like we, we do those things because we've been motivated uh, by the love of God, which we experience by being in his presence. And I think that's the one we skip often, honestly, in a, in a, in a culture that's very uh, achievement-based, accomplishment-based. Uh, it's a lot easier for us to look back at our life and like tally up all the things we did for God. It's a lot less uh, quantifiable to, to look back and tally up all the times we just were with God, right? Like we're not going to... Uh, it's less glorious, I guess, is the way to say it. It's a lot less glorious to look back and and look at your day and say, you know what? I might not have like taken a specific action for God today. Like I didn't, I, I may not have evangelized to my neighbor, but today I was with my savior and I felt the joy from that. And I, and I think like both of those are necessary. And I just, I learned that a lot from the Psalms was that it's okay for me to just be with Jesus and to talk to Jesus through praying the Psalms and, and just to, to talk to the Lord and to just sit and be with him. And I can remember like multiple times sitting at, at my dining room table and the, and the house is quiet. I, I like to do my quiet time in the morning if it's possible for me to get up. And, and the house is quiet and I'm sitting there with, with the Lord and I'm kind of, you know, sleepy, but, but I begin to pray the Psalms. And I pray a verse and I, and I pray a second verse. And then I would find myself sometimes just sitting. And it wasn't like I, I tried to do this. It just happened over time. The longer I was in the Psalms, the longer I'd be able to sit. I'd pray a verse or two and, and I'd end up just sitting there for a minute. And I find my mind racing through all the ways in which that verse applied to me. And, and it, again, it wasn't like intentional. It just happened 
where I would be sitting there thinking about all the aspects of my life that were affected by, you know, the blessed man not being in the council of the wicked. And I started thinking about all the things that that means. And then like five minutes later, I'd come back and be like, okay, verse three. And I begin to pray that again. And then it would happen again. My mind would wander and I would just sit and I was able to just sit and be in the presence with God again over time. At first, this was not, (laughs) this was not happening at first, but after a few months of, of kind of sticking with it, this is where I found myself was being able to, to read a, a verse or two and pray that or, or pray a psalm or two and then finding myself so much more comfortable just sitting in the Lord's presence. And if that's something that you haven't experienced, like if that silence is uncomfortable for you, if uh, the psalms are uncomfortable for you, I I have to encourage you and just say like that might be some of the most powerful time with the Lord that you can find is where you can sit and you know the Lord's with you and your thoughts are just kind of running unfiltered and you have this, like I would use the Psalms as like a skeleton or a guide for how I was going to pray and how I'm going to interact with the Lord in that morning. And and your thoughts are racing and you're kind of lifting things up to the Lord, but mostly like you're just being with him and you're sitting with him in relationship and you know like this is our time today and we're connecting today. And the rest of the day for me, the rest of the day would fall into order when I had that happen. And when I, on the days that I skipped or missed or wasn't able to get up and have that time, I felt it. I felt the difference. I felt the chaos. I felt the, the hurry and the disorder begin to rush in as soon as I didn't have that time of just being with the Lord. And so that's, that's the third thing I, I really learned uh, and I continue to learn how important it is to just sit and be with the Lord uh, and, and how out of that being right, would, would come the doing, I guess, or out of, out of just being with Jesus comes the motivation, the proper motivation, the energy, the encouragement to then kind of carry out some of those outward tasks that we might look at. So that's number three. Uh, the last thing I would say I learned from the Psalms, again, this is all over time, uh, is, is honesty and vulnerability with God. I feel like I've hit on this a little bit, but, uh, I, I am one who has spent a long time in life uh, with people and with the Lord putting forth my best image. I do a lot of what I would guess I would call image management, uh, which is uh, essentially where I put on the facade that I want you to see. And so uh, when I was in high school, growing up in a Christian home, for me, this looked like uh, fitting in with each group that I was in, right? So in my family, I wanted to portray the image of the perfect Christian pastor's kid. And at school, I wanted to be, uh, you know, to the Christian kids that I knew, I wanted to, to portray what it looked like to be a light to the world around me. And then uh, to, you know, my sports team, I wanted to portray what it looked like to be the best teammate or, uh, you know, the best athlete. And then uh, to, uh, you know, it was just about fitting in and getting liked and putting on this good image. And as I got older, I realized I did this with God too. And I would, I would pray to God in the way that I thought he wanted me to pray to him. And I would serve him in the way that I thought he wanted me to serve him. And I would interact with people in the way that I thought he wanted me to interact with them. And everything became about putting on this image, um, and and just building basically this this wall around my life uh, of like, hey, this is what you guys see is this wall that I've put up. But inside the wall, life is a whole lot different than what you might than what you might picture. And the Psalms really started to kind of break that for me in my walk with the Lord, where I realized like it is okay 
for me to come to the Lord angry and upset and hurt. It's okay for me to come to the Lord in tears. It's okay for me to come to the Lord confused. It's okay for me to come to the Lord just like super happy, even if it's over something that seems silly. And so I learned by praying other people's prayers, by praying other people's songs, by, by again, learning how to be with God and all of these emotions, I learned that it's okay for me to be honest and vulnerable with the Lord in, in all of the highs uh, and the lows. And really, uh, I ended up with, over time, and this is where even the title of this episode comes from, but I ended up with a friend in Scripture, in the Psalms, a place where I felt like I belonged, a place where I felt known, a place where I felt like I could come uh, with everything in my life just like laid bare, just completely ripped back, and the Lord could see me just as I was, and I would fit in and belong and be loved, and I found that in the Psalms. I found that in the Psalms that I might be able to just, I might be able to come exactly as I am into the presence of the Lord and not need to bring anything else. I don't need to bring my best image. I don't need to bring my best works. I don't need to bring all my memory verses or all my ministry accolades. All I need to do is to come and simply be in the presence of the Lord. That's what the Psalms ended up giving me was this honest and vulnerable relationship with the Lord where I could be with him and where and really uh, have this friend in scripture, this, this deep relationship with the word where now every time I open up scripture, honestly, the first place, the, sometimes the only place I want to go is the Psalms and I just want to sit there. Because it's been so long in my life where I, I didn't know that I could just I could just sit and be with the Lord exactly as I am. So to close out this episode, I want to just read a couple of my favorite Psalms over you. I want to just read a couple. I think they, they capture maybe a couple different emotions, but I want to just read a couple of my favorite Psalms that have been really huge. Uh, these are ones I probably uh, even memorized, committed to memory at points because I just felt like in various life circumstances, like I was, I just needed these. And the main one, honestly, and this, <laughs> this might sound kind of morbid, but the main one is Psalm 13. This is what it says. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken." But I have trusted in your steadfast love, and my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Guys, that was such a huge one for so long. I I have like vivid memories of driving home uh, from various like ministry events, just like crying uh, and just reciting this and this and just being uh, in a frustrating situation or feeling discouraged and whatnot and being able to just pull this out and, and to walk with the Lord and say, Lord, are you going to forget me forever? Like, I just feel forgotten. Are you going to leave me behind forever? And being comfortable praying that that's a huge one for me. That's Psalm 13. Uh, the next one I wanted to share is Psalm 18. Uh, it's really the the whole thing is obviously great because it's the Bible, but the first couple of verses are the ones that uh, really stuck out to me. It says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. 
Uh, that's verses one through three. And really, man, those, those again, were, uh, like a rock for me in a lot of ways where I was able to come to the Lord while everything's changing around me or everything felt uncomfortable and just say, okay, Lord, I love you. You're my rock. You're my fortress. You're my deliverer. You're my refuge. You're my shield. You're my stronghold, those sorts of things. And to be able to just kind of, kind of recite that and pray that over myself and remind myself, this is where I'm grounded. This is where I find comfort. This is where I find safety. Um, another one that is is obviously just one of my favorites is Psalm 40. The first two verses say, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and he set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Uh, and this again is a, is a psalm really uh, of, of praise to God after he's delivered, after he's come through. Uh, and so you might even be able to see the progression of just like, God, will you forget me forever? Lord, you're my rock. God, thank you for delivering me. Like this is somewhat of what's been felt like my life story in the last couple of years. Uh, and so that's, that's been uh, one that I've come to often as well. And then the last one I want to share, there's, there's many others, but Psalm 56 uh, verses three to four says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you in God, whose word I praise and God, I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Uh, man, that's so powerful for me, even just as I read it now and just to remember all the things I've been afraid about or uncertain about, and then to be able to pray that or, or to read that and to say, you know what, God, I put my trust in you. I praise your word. And so I'll trust you. I won't be afraid. And then the last part, what can flesh do to me? Like, what can a human do to me? God, you're so much greater. You're so much better. I have nothing to be afraid of because you are in control and you are powerful. And so, so why would I turn anywhere else? No, Lord, when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. Well, uh, thank you guys for letting me, honestly, for letting me share some of my favorite uh, parts of scripture with you. I want to encourage you if the, if the Psalms, uh, is something that you haven't dove into very much, give it a try and don't give it like a one day try, try to give it some time. Uh, because sometimes, it takes time for the Lord to work in us. It takes time to develop these new habits, these new disciplines and whatnot. So uh, give the Psalms a shot. Uh, give them some time. If, if you love the Psalms, then my challenge to you is this. Uh, find something else in Scripture that makes you uncomfortable and give that some time. I bet there's there's many other aspects of Scripture that I haven't jumped into yet because I'm uncomfortable with that I would probably find deep comfort uh, and, and, and deep appreciation for if I was willing to give it the same amount of time that I gave the psalm. So that's my challenge to you guys. Uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Get Your Donut Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you liked what you heard, Rate the show and leave us a review. It helps other people find us and it lets us know how you feel about it. I hope you have an awesome day and that you never settle for anything less than all in with Jesus. Thank you.